Well, hey, group leaders, and welcome to Group Talk at TheBridge.me, where life is better together, but also leading is better together. And we hope that you're encouraged and challenged after today. My name is Marshall Peterson, and I am the Group Life Director at Regal Campus. And listen, this is episode one, so if you're listening to this, you are at the beginning. And I'm so excited to introduce our first guest on our very first episode, our fearless leader, Denise Baez, Group Life Director at The Bridge. Denise, how are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for doing this, Marshall. Hey, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Um, Denise, before we get into today's topic, which is a very crucial topic, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, family, how long you've been at The Bridge, what do you love best about Alex Baez, your husband? (laughs) Well, I do love Alex Baez. Captain Spreadsheet is my husband, (laughs) and he keeps us on track at The Baez house. Every vacation is planned from beginning to end moment to moment he even organizes the movies that he watches on the airplane on the airplane he has three tiers of movies that's so absolutely will watch might watch and will not what a legend i love him so how can you not have a successful life with that guy is what i'm talking about Uh, i agree i I mean how can you not have a successful church without exactly i mean he's so 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 grateful well how long have you been at the bridge like on staff So on staff, I've been at The Bridge for 10 years in the group life team, and it's been an incredible 10 years. Uh, Excited about what God's been doing all the way along. It's been an amazing journey. Alex and I have three kiddos, um, and they have all flown the nest. The youngest two. Empty nesters. I know. Have you cried today? Not this moment. I feel strong this moment. Well, we won't talk about it. Let's move on. Exactly. Don't even. (laughs) Yeah. Empty nest is our newest challenge at our house. Um, Both of our girls are at Texas A&M. They're living together there, and it's going great. Our oldest is married and living uh, near New Orleans over there with his wife. That's like Jonah going to Nineveh. Wow. It's a pretty yeah. great place. They're loving it. They're <laughs> loving it. That I can't. I'm glad I don't live there because the food is too good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I'm good. I'm good in Houston. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> uh, but I do love Tyler. Okay, you mentioned vacation. What is your? And you've been to some pretty cool places that I know of. What has been your favorite vacation? We were blessed to be able to go to Japan, and we spent time in Tokyo just this last Christmas break. Uh, we went; that was our Christmas gift to the family. So before Corona hit, you we were, were we were in we Japan. flew through China on our way. So we did spend a little time in China, but yeah. it's not our fault. All right, COVID nineteen is not our fault. Well, I think we have patient zero here, folks. Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that was an incredible, incredible time to be in Tokyo. Amazing people yeah. there and just great. Now, were y'all there when all the cherry blossoms were coming out? Did you see that or was that too soon? No, it wasn't that time of year. Okay. That would be more in the springtime. So that was, a, that was a bad question to ask on my part. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but, well, hey, I love being on Group Life Team with you. We get to talk about a lot of fun things. We and we, we work with literally the best leaders in the church. That like, is Absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, we're way better than family ministry, media (laughs) team. I mean, group life is, we are in the trenches on the front lines. If you're on those other teams as well, we love you and you're incredible. Pray for me. Uh, But we want to get into a few topics because through this podcast, we want to answer just some tough questions, how to make your group thrive uh, the best of its ability. And I think today's topic is so, so key because so many times we are... um, facing certain problems that we don't know how to deal with, whether it's we cause them or other people cause them. And the topic today that we're talking about is group killers. Mm. Now, I don't know when you're going to listen to this podcast, but it might be October and it's fitting that it's group killers because group killers can be terrifying. 
you don't know how to deal with them, and they can absolutely destroy your small group. And that's so defeating, isn't it, as a small group leader when you're trying to do the Lord's work and it's just not working. It's not working out. And you, you want to figure out why, what is going on. And we're yeah. going to talk about some of those group yeah. killers that can sneak in and get you. Yes. And we actually have two categories yep. here because some of those group killers are things that I can do to kill my group. That's right. And That's right. some of them are things that other people in the group yep. do that can be group killers. So we're going to split those out. So only half of it is on us. So yes. that's what we're going to look at. So how can... I, as the small group leader, how can I kill my small group? We're going to look at two of the ways it could happen today, and one of those is a lack of planning. Um, and I know that sounds very simple, but there, planning can be tricky yeah. because I know highly, highly successful group leaders who plan meticulously. They have a notebook. They write out every word of everything that they're going to do. They throw it up on a PowerPoint. I know other very successful small group leaders who are more minimalistic in the way that they plan, and yet they execute great, great groups. But I think the key is intentionality and thoughtfulness in your planning. And that starts before group even starts, Marshall. You know, it's it's about communication, mm -hmm. right? right? How do you communicate with the people in your group, letting them know not only when group is meeting, what food they're going to bring, but also communicating how valuable they are to the group and how important it is for them to be there. Right. Um, so some of the ways that we can communicate well and plan that communication is to set up with your group. What's that best avenue? Mm -hmm. Is that best avenue? Emails. I, I'm of the generation that I love emails. I, I can highlight them if I want them to stay unread and then I can look back at them. But I but, just learned how to do that today. Yeah, apparently. but I mean, there. you know, you've got people in your groups, they have 3,479 unread emails. That's my wife. And half of them are from you. Yeah. So that's not what we want. Okay, yeah. so maybe there's a better way for your group, that's right? That's true, yeah, we, we're a text message group. So if I want to get directly in communication with my uh, people, it's not email, because a lot of my, the guys in my couples group, they're working, they're on the road, they're not checking, but they're always getting those notifications for text messages. And so I can't tell you how many times I've emailed, not heard anything for 48 hours, but when I text them, immediately I see the three dots to reply. So Absolutely. our group is a text message group. I know some groups really love GroupMe, the app GroupMe, because yeah. that is a way that they can connect not only for the nuts and bolts of when your group's meeting and all those details, but yeah. for prayer requests, oh, pray for me now, help me with this, and text is great for that too. Yeah, that's good. It's really a good connection point. In yeah, there. so uh, when I was in Kurt Lawson's men's group, uh, he had created a group me, and you know, it's it's really good because I don't know if, if you're like this or if anyone listening is like this, whenever you have a red number on your smartphone, you've got to get rid of it. So you got to click on it to get, it rid, right. to get right. rid of it. So there might be 13 GroupMe messages and you just got to get rid of it. But it's really good because they always, um, you know, mention what they heard in the sermon. And so the communication and the dialogue for what's going on that week is is all the time. It's immediate. And so it's just, it's a great avenue. That's awesome. Yeah. And, then, and then the other way that planning can hurt us is if we fail to plan for the group time, mm -hmm. uh, that time that we, you know, we come in, we interact with one another, and then when we sit down to get intentional with God's word, uh, there are ways to do that that are so much more effective. Yeah. 
sometimes there's a tendency to ask every question on a study to talk about every single detail but i would suggest looking at whatever curriculum you're using and choose your very best questions to ask if you find a good question your group can talk really intensely for like 15 minutes on that one question and that back and forth asking additional questions going back you know just around the room with each other that's amazing that's where you hear people's hearts and you hear the application in their own lives start to that's right that's right well what's another way that i can kill my group well and i know you know about this too is the unsafe environments Mm -hmm. if your group is not a safe place for people to be real and be who they are then you're going to miss out a lot of life change Mm -hmm. in your group and that is something that can kill your group absolutely yeah i would argue that most of our leaders don't plan to have an unsafe environment they they are trying to have the best small group relate to everyone in their group but i think sometimes we can get in a place where we didn't know that our small group was an unsafe environment. I recently, a lady in my, our couples group mentioned that she didn't feel she could communicate where she was struggling or where maybe she disagreed because she knew that certain opinions in the group were different than hers and simply that she didn't want to start an argument. She didn't think it was a, a maybe not an argument or maybe just a disagreement, but she didn't feel like that was okay. And I think that falls on me. I mean, sometimes maybe people are just quiet and they don't want to talk, but as leaders, we really can set the stage and the tone that disagreements and conflict is okay to have in in our groups. And some of that happens at the very beginning of our semester together as we set a tone with the people in our group. If we set up some safe and healthy boundaries, and that comes down to what confidentiality, respect in the group, which is very, very important because people need to know that when I share something sensitive, someone's not going to talk over Mm. me, try to fix me. Um, So when it's confidential, when there's a good back and forth, that's what we need to then begin that process of life change in our groups. And we don't have it, that can be not only a mood killer, but a group killer because God wants us in groups to to connect not only with one another, but to connect with him. And we can do that better in a safe environment. Yeah. And I think a huge part of that is, is fakeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, fakeness makes a group unsafe. Um, I've seen the opposite of that happen in our very first small group. And, you know, this was way back. I cannot even count because we, we've been at the church for almost 20 years wow. now. Um, and we led one of the pilot groups and we we were there involved from the beginning and so we stumble into our group we yeah. get people in there we don't know what we're doing at that point <laughs> and this one couple in the group they're so open and they were sharing really personal things and the real nitty-gritty of mm. life both of them great at it yeah and we watched that group open up they shared i mean we they talked, set the stage for they the group did. Yeah. they really did and they taught us as leaders yeah it really is the speed of the leader speed of the pack yeah. you know when we're open when yeah. we're vulnerable and show yeah. realness they will too in that group i mean we got really into the nitty-gritty with marriages with the real stuff of parenting yeah. even workplace related things um and it was incredible to see wow. and i learned a valuable lesson in that group well because i've been a part of groups that 
that didn't have that couple or we didn't do it as leaders in the beginning. And sometimes having discussions is like pulling teeth. And, and we all know that awkward silence, I'm terrible at awkward silences. Um, I'll just, I could talk the whole time if, if I mean, let's, ha- let's have an awkward silence right here. That's too long, that's too long, that's too long. I need somebody to say something immediately. I just figured out a new way I can torture Marshall now in group life meetings. Yes, that, well you won't, I'll, I'll just talk the whole time. <laughs> but um, no, but it is, and I think as leaders, like you said, always in the beginning, always in the beginning, you set that culture, because it's a lot more difficult to set a culture month three into the semester and especially going into january if you're in the same group a tone has been set and it's much easier to set the tone in the beginning than it is when you're when you're into it and always through authenticity you got to do that so we try really hard to early on in a group but particularly a new group to share something very real about ourselves something that we wouldn't want to you know, share on Sunday morning with everybody that we met, but we're saying this group is a place where we feel safe to share that and you can be safe to share your things too. Well, we did an exercise one time uh, where it was a brand new group. We had probably six new couples. It was us and a couple of friends and like six new couples. And it seems a little deep, a little fast, but it was so effective where we had everybody take a pencil and a paper and draw a picture of where their relationship was with God. So some of them just drew a big question mark. Some of them drew them and Jesus walking hand in hand into the sunset. But everybody was able to explain where they were. And as the leader, I had to explain, like, no matter where you are, it's okay. We're all in group together for a reason, which is to grow closer to Jesus. And we might be different distances from Jesus that we feel. Um, and so it was very effective, and it really set the tone for the rest of the semester. No, it, it was I good. love that. It I was good. I love it. So that's how we can kill the group, all right? But we aren't always the only factor in killing our small group. It's those beloved people that we invite here under the banner of No Perfect People Allowed. I always wanted to add, but don't get crazy after it. <laughs> that's always shot down. I still think it's a good idea. We should consider it. But... Let's answer this question. How can others kill the group? Well, there are certain challenges that people can have that can really bring a group down. And I've for sure seen it happen. It can be the people who talk so much in a group and they dominate the conversation. That leaves little room for other people to participate. And it frustrates other people in the group. Yes. and why are you going to get up and leave your house and go to spend two hours at a place where you're going to leave frustrated right. afterwards? So that is a challenging personality type in a group that's going to need to be mm. managed in some way. Yeah, that's that, I mean that's that's tricky because sometimes what they're saying is great information, but I had a guy in my group say, "Well, I don't even try to talk because I know so and so's going to answer. So why would I even offer it?" So it, it just stunts half the group. I know, and some of the things we've done over the years, and each person is individual, right? Yeah. So you kind of have to work with them. And, and and let me say, like this is not judgmental against those people. They're well-intentioned. They're excited about what God's doing, and they yep. want to share that. But how can we guide them? How can we move them to understand? Um, one thing, it's just a small tip, but I like to sit next to the person who who's very dominating in the conversation because if they can't catch my eye when I ask the question, they're more likely to let somebody answer if it seems like I'm looking at in another person's direction. Mm -hmm. But also I've had really good success with 
talking privately that with that person. Yes. I listen. I am never going to be the person who pulls you aside and reads you the riot act. That is not my <laughs> temperament. All I don't right. know. You haven't been in some of our group life meetings. All right. You she scolds Don Reichling pretty bad. Never. <laughs> Don is an angel. You, she is. You. I have questions. <laughs> You're in trouble now. But I won't be the one to get you. That's get right. You yeah. 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 Get You're Alex. Safe. Yeah. Get Alex will do it. Yeah. Um, no, but. Uh, <laughs> you totally <laughs> lost train of thought. That's okay. That's okay. No, having those private conversations, they're difficult, but they're totally worth it. So when I pull somebody aside and we go to lunch and we're private and we're just talking and I say, hey, I have a challenge in our group. I notice some people in our group are not oh, talking. Good. They're not sharing in the group. And I wondered, I know you always share great things. I wondered if you could help me to encourage other people to be able to share uh, are there ways that you could help with that? And it really starts to change how they think about group time, that they could use it as a way to lift other people up and to hear other people's mm -hmm. thoughts and ideas and, and to help. And, and honestly, we want to be focused on the other people in the group. We want other people focused on the others in the group so we can grow together and we can learn together. I tried this strategy once and it worked uh, pretty well. I don't know why I don't do it every week, but in preparing for the lesson, I would actually text certain people a question and a verse to look at, almost kind of like assigning them as a conversation starter for that question. So say, hey, uh, this, you know, we're, we're talking about Jesus and this is, I want you to read John 3.16, answer this question when I ask it in group. And so they're immediately already starting that, that. Uh, conversation and then other people jump in or they're just really good and, you know, they say what they're going to say. Or you can just do the whole... You, and now to do this, you have to know your group because you could call on somebody and they have an, a panic attack. But yeah. you know, just calling, hey, on this question, hey, Sam, what do you think about what do you think about that? Or Ryan, you know, any anybody but the person who's hogging <laughs> the right, conversation. Right. Um, but that's just one, a couple other ways to do that. It's great to include at least one of your questions as an all skate too, where yeah. you just go right around the circle yeah. because that gives everybody a voice, but nobody feels called out in that moment. That's good. That's they good. know it's coming and probably don't start with your over talker, but also yeah. don't start with your most shy person yeah. either. Give them a second to think and process yeah. before they need to talk. For sure. But I'll say um, there are a lot of challenging personality types, and yep. we can't go into all of those. Right. But I'll tell you, uh, we've dealt with a lot over the years, and, and there's a lot of success that can happen there. But just so you know, I mean, the struggle is real for all of us. Alex and I started a group one time, and we were so excited about it. And within two months, that group was done. Wow. It was dead wow. because one couple joined that group. Killed it. And both of them had severe challenges. Um, it was really bad. It was mm. so bad. I, I literally have never actually prayed for someone to move before, but it may or may <laughs> not have happened. And they may or may not have moved. So I'm not saying I have a direct line, but I have a direct wow. line. Wow. So. so you prayed them out of your group. But it Let's was really it. a tough time yeah. because as a leader, you can feel really Absolutely. defeated in that moment that I cannot fix this dynamic. Yeah. And that's why, you know, Marshall and I want to be here for you guys too, because it may be a situation we've dealt with. Yeah. before or maybe you just want us to pray for a move too and we'll do that with you as well so i can, I can pray people out of sugarland i can absolutely do that absolutely well you know difficult personalities can definitely um kill your group what's something else that others do that can really kill the group well i have to mention this one because i think 
at least for me as a leader, this one really hits at the heart. And it's that inconsistent attendance by mm. people yep. in the group. People not making group a priority. And that hurts the group and the feeling in the group. It hurts the sharing that can happen in the group. But also it hurts you as a leader, right? When yeah. people aren't coming, why aren't they coming? And I think that's a great question to ask. And, and you know, I'm somebody who's more on the sensitive side, but there are times when it's time to just sit back and say, okay, what part of this do I own? What part of this do they own? Because sometimes, yes, it is people being inconsistent because they have not made the group a priority. Sometimes I need to look and say, hey, is there something going on that is causing people to not get in their car and come or jump on the zoom yeah. however we're doing the group but it's a good question to ask yeah. and sometimes we need to pull someone aside and ask them from our group get some feedback from yeah. our group well it's just a, it's a great practice to observe the people in your group because i had a guy call me who they're actually thinking about leaving the church altogether mm. uh through all this because they they haven't felt like they've have good connections as adults and even with their kids and then right after he said that, he goes, but I don't know if it has something to do with us not coming to the same service or, you know, only coming like once or twice a month. And I said, that's exactly what it has to do with. And basically, when somebody's inconsistent, it's just like having a guest every week. And every time you have a guest at group, people aren't going to open up because they don't know the person, you know, that in their group. And that just kind of kills the, the momentum that you're trying to carry in as a semester as the semester rolls on. And you know what? It's okay to, to talk with people in your group and to, and to call them a little bit higher in Absolutely. that area. And of course, we want to do it with grace and love in that moment. But that's part of discipleship, too, Absolutely. is saying, hey, there's room to lift your game in this area. And Jesus is, man, Jesus is moving and he's doing things. Yeah. And I want you to be a part of it because I care for you. And there's more for you. Yeah. There's more of Jesus there for you to have if you can get consistent in walking with him. And part of that is coming to group. Absolutely. Well, Denise, we've talked about group killers. What What's something that we can take away from today that we can maybe think about this week as we're thinking about our groups, thinking about how we want to avoid killing it or other people avoid killing our group? Well, I as we were thinking about these killers and we thought, you know, that is the opposite of Jesus, right? Yes, because right. Jesus brings life. Yes. In fact, in uh, John 14, 6, it, it says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's our job, right? Is yeah. to bring them, help people come into Jesus' presence so they can experience life. And so we can experience more life ourselves as leaders. We're all in a process with him. We're all growing deeper in our faith. We're figuring out what he wants from us in our lives. And so the more life-giving our group can be, mm -hmm. the more that's going to happen. That's so good. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for being here today, today, Denise, our very first episode of Group Talk. I know we are super excited about this semester and all that God's going to do, whether it's virtually or in person. Um, and leaders, you need to know that we are with you, we are praying for you, and we are for you, and we can't wait to be with you again. Thank you all for being here.